listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Welcome, everybody. This is your man, Cam. We're back with another edition of Blurred Lines. Today, we are going to review The Harder They Fall, the uh, latest uh, Black People as Cowboys uh, movie that's coming out there, Spaghetti Westerns. With me, as always, is... I am Josh, a.k.a. the Kwisatz Haderach. <laughs> as well as... And I'm D. The professor, you know, he laying some knowledge down as always. <laughs> and um, yeah, man, you know, uh, the heart of the fall came out what last week, two weeks ago, something like that. I want to say two weeks. Uh, last week, I think. I think it yeah. was last week. But let's see for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, streaming, and I don't. It, it did like a limited release, probably so they can get um, some Oscar nods or whatnot. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. That was their whole situation, but um, yeah, man, fellas, how did you uh, how did you enjoy uh, Django Part Two? Well, wait, before we, before we go into it, I just want to make sure we got this right. So it was released October twenty second. Ah, uh, okay, wow, the okay. US theaters, um, and I believe customary to Netflix, it got the limited theater run. And then it, it debuted streaming on November 3rd. So that's why it seems more recent um, in our mind, like it was recently released because it just went up on, on Netflix. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, because they did the limited release so they can get, you know, the nods and whatnots. And then, yeah. All right. So, yeah. So directed by, uh, how do you say his name? Just Jameis? I think it's Jameis. I think Jameis it's Samuel, Jameis. who I just found out is uh, is British. Oh, damn it. Once again, <laughs> another. <laughs> another one. Now, um, yeah, no, definitely um, directed by Jameis Samuel. Um, and it was, you know, it was a tried and true spaghetti Western. And I know that we all here enjoy spaghetti Westerns. Um, we're as as I was watching it, I had like I did things of like uh, like Hateful Eight and um, uh, Jangle Nods and a couple other smaller stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, dude, it was uh, it was pretty good. I was like, I was like, yeah, this is not yeah, bad. I thought, it was I, th- I thought it was well, well directed, well acted. Um, it landed right where it needed to land in terms of um, it, it lands in the middle of of a bunch of classic, classic Western films, and then black yeah. film on top of that as a whole. You know, just just on its own stands on its own as a great black film. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. Totally. They did a good job. I mean, it was uh, it reminded me of Posse. It had like good feel, mm-hmm. like the cast, the cast top to bottom was like really, really good. And plus, yep. you can tell everyone in the cast like they're like, yeah, this is this is this is why. Yeah, I'm they brought happy. their A game for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they definitely brought their A game. And I love that Jonathan Majors is continuing to continuing to to show his how capable he is. Like he's yeah. a great actor. I enjoy everything that he's been in yeah. so far. But being able to sort of to hold his own with a bunch of heavyweights like a Regina King and an Idris Elba, yeah, you, you saying something, being able to 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 throw punches with that with that group, and not just that, you know, he's the lead, so you know, you you're basically mm-hmm. carrying the film, and on the other side, you have. Um, you have uh, Idris Elba as the main antagonist and you have Regina King basically as a secondary antagonist. So that's like a really, you know, you got to bring gravitas to make that work. And it's such a 
the the narrative without giving anything away between the two of those characters is so um synergetic it's it's so like you know two forces meeting each other that you really need that the two actors to kind of balance each other out and i think that that's what he did he showed a lot in that in that film going from being um ruthless outlaw to sort of a vulnerable guy who's still traumatized and and scarred by this um one of the most horrific events a person, a child, can ex- experience, um, and and he did that extremely well, right up into the the final confrontations. Which um, I know, you know, we've spoke Josh probably prior to this about whether or not that worked, and um, you know, I I did think it worked just for the the simple theme of of vengeance uh, and how strong that was and how vengeance itself is never uh, satisfying and not just, not only is it not satisfying, but often you creating monsters along the way uh, with your, you know, your quest for revenge, which, you know, I don't think it was um, a coincidence that quite often uh, characters who were just about just before they were about to be killed. And this is a Western trope, but it was heavy in this in this film. Uh, they will say, oh, I got family or I got this. You know, even mm-hmm. if you knew, even if you knew they were uh, even his first guy with the scorpion on his hand, you know, we saw what he did, you know, and, you know, the first thing he says is, you know, I have I'm sorry, I have a family. And, you know, but that's not good enough. Here's the angel of death, the, the hand of vengeance. But again, does that create more angels of death and hands of vengeance for the for the future? So mm. it played with those themes in addition to being uh, a great spaghetti western. And just real quick, one thing: uh, Jameis Samuel is also Seal's brother. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> he's Seal's brother. He's a magician. This was his first film. Hmm. First, uh, like I know that big major, he's probably done some shorts and stuff, but this was like his first uh, big production, uh, studio production. Okay, okay. nice oh. props. Yeah, yeah, they did, and like even like, shout out to the uh, the producers and the casters too, because like casting top to bottom was freaking like really good. Oh, like, even even all the um, cameo like sub, you know. Cameos from random uh, comedians and stuff that was like, oh, I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> that was great. Dead on. <clears throat> Plus, also got to give it up to Dion Cole because he like did a really, really. I didn't even recognize him. He nope. did an excellent job. Fantastic yep. job. Yep. Really yep. showed yep. that what he's capable of and beyond uh, being a funny man and yep. in Hollywood. And nah, he was good. He was good. He was like, he was actually mm-hmm. a, a, a really pleasant surprise. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I think it was like like I liked like going back to the casting, like Lakeitha Stanfield, you know, we all know he's dope. Oh, Everyone knows yeah. he's dope. And then he kind of goes on the screen, he's like, Well, you know, I'm only here for a little bit, so let me steal every scene that I'm in. Oh yeah, really quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm a ninja vanish real quick. And then you just remember, oh damn, damn, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's mm-hmm. as the as the director and writer or the, the filmmakers, you have to and you the days you know you got him in those scenes, it's like he's becoming easily one of those actors where you're you got to be looking forward to the day that he's on set and he's about to do his thing. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy just, he just has it. It's, just, it's 
that's why, like you said, Cam, with the cast, it's so great to see those particulars brought together because if you if you notice, all of those, most of those main actors are like TV vets or like actors who are like not known for having the leads all the time, but when they do, they just like, and Idris can do anything. Like that guy is doing, can do big budget blockbuster to like- Black Superman. Yeah. He is, he literally is. And what's so great about him is that when he's in those roles, he's convincing, man. Like he is the, he made Rufus Buck a great villain. Like that was a great Western villain. Yeah. Like someone who holds the reputation of almost being supernatural, but obviously yep. is a man. Yeah. Um, but also someone who, and then I think it's so different and nuanced because you rarely see those kinds of depicted black Western villains without there being some kind of string attached, you know? Oh, yeah. Right. I think, I think also. Here. You well know, said. Well said. Power yeah. limited in this arena, or now he's about to meet his match because he's come up against uh, a group of, you know, uh, screaming clansmen, and there's no way out. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. I think I like. I like that. I like that there was like the one time that the that a white character was going to do the obligatory like, look here, nigger. Um, they like even they even played with that small trope and then got, cut it real quick. Yeah, he doesn't get the city. Yeah. <laughs> I love like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I was good. Yeah, get out of here. No, exactly. And yeah, then even when um, they play off of each other, Stanfield and, and Kenny, he's like, oh, he could have been saying Ninko. Like, <laughs> well, I don't like no word they story. <laughs> <laughs> but they did such a great job because, like, I think the. The villains are just the quote unquote villains are just as equally uh, have depth than as the as the Absolutely. protagonists. And yeah. as well, too, you know, again, this is one of those movies move the ball just a little bit to the left. And then it just Elba could have been the protagonist of the, of the show. Right. You know, kind of redemption thing. Like I used to be a bastard. Now I'm trying to do something good with my life. Da, 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 da. And so I had saw memes later on and people were like, who's the real uh, villain? Uh, is it, is it Rufus Buck or is it Nat Love? You know, cause you know, Rufus Buck, he, his whole thing was, I want to buy this town, have it as a black town, blah, 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 blah. Again, yeah. all positive things. Sucks he's a bastard, but <laughs> but that's the right. whole point. Flawed men trying to do good things at the end of their after, you know. And I thought the Napoleon uh, reference was great um, to throw in. And again, that's why I said it's a whether that was a part of the script or if that was something that it just brought to the character. Adding that layer of showing that not only is this a ruthless bastard, this guy is pretty well read because he would have had to have read that about Napoleon because there weren't any any you know video of Napoleon saying giving any speech or anything like that. That would have been something that he read in in a book about Napoleon or something on on Napoleon. So there were all these nuances that really just kept the story just going. Even though it's two hours long, you're still there was never a moment where I looked at my watch. And I, yeah, no, I like hit pause where it was on the timeline. It was, yeah, it was never. very um, captivating. It changed and 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 twists where it needed to be. You know, even the things where you're like, oh, it's so obvious what's about to happen, and there's a kind of a little bit of a twist. It's like, oh, just when you thought you kind of had a handle on the genre tropes, we're gonna play with it a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, 
And I think that they they had a lot of fun with that aspect of it because, like you know, again, there are this is a spaghetti western, so there's certain tropes that kind of almost have to be in there. It's, it's part of the spaghetti western uh, briefcase, yeah. but they had a lot of good time to like time just like twisting some of those. And then also too, you know, we talked about the fellas. We all talk about the the ladies as well. Um, all of them, same thing. Scene stealers as well. Like you know, Zazzy Beach was killing it. You know, Regina King killed it. Like, and each character you felt all had like deft and like you know you didn't think they weren't there just to be there like zazzy beats wasn't there just to be a hot like a, like the hot chick right. or, like the damsel in distress like that wasn't yeah. that wasn't her yeah every all, character every character went somewhere had mm-hmm. purpose and i even liked uh speaking of zazzy and the damsel in distress again playing with those tropes i like that again she didn't get his permission to go she went on her own yeah um and right. when she does, she knew what she was going into and she knew what the consequences were. And she had accepted that as she explains to Trudy in the in that great scene between two black women and uh, on opposite sides of the of the of the um, of the fence. And um, one of the visual great uh, things that they show or nuances about her performance was when they have Nat tied up and they're beating them. And then Rufus comes in and, and gives him the ultimatum the entire, and they're mocking him about the damsel in distress and all that stuff. The entire time she's like not crying, not like shivering. Like her face is like stone. Like you not, like he walks out and she look, follows him with her eyes looking at directly at him. It's like, you know, that's how you do honor to stage coach Mary, but also that's such a great nuanced uh, thing for the Western uh, trope because you're so used to seeing the, the the tough cowboy having to ride up and save the weeping woman who's at the mercy of the villain. She wasn't that mm-hmm. at all and wouldn't allow herself to be that, even though she was she clearly was concerned about what they were doing to to Nat, but that wasn't about to be what she was going to see that day. So exactly. And it was the same thing with um, Regina King and all her scenes where it's like you can tell she was like the loyal henchman, maybe something more, but maybe not. But it was that wasn't the point. It was just she was loyal to the to to Rufus Buck. And that was it. Like you didn't she might they might have had a romantic something or whatever, whatever. But that wasn't the point of their relationship. The relationship. Need to be on screen. Yeah, right. it was more about loyalty. It was more about I believe in what you're doing. I'm here to support you, which I thought was dope overall. And then showing her ruthlessness throughout the whole movie and her short temper or that, like that, just kind of like, oh, she's a badass. Like, <laughs> yeah, she need, mm. and she like does not. I don't. I I'm doing this because I want to do it, not because I need you. Like yeah. I don't need Rufus Buck, but I but I, I'm here because of loyalty and all that. Absolutely. Kind of into that idea of what he was trying to to build. Like she tells him flat out, you know, all those people out there might just be following you because you got the power, you got money, you a scary bastard. But at the same, but I am following you because I believe in what you plan on building and how, and I believe in your philosophy of how we build it, like yeah. how we get there. Yep, you know? that was dope. So, that was really, really dope. And even, really um, and even with Cuffy too, where you know, she proves herself like in her first introduction, she automatically proves herself. And that even they, even that love is like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was good. Cause it. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I like that <laughs> automatically just from jump, you know who she is, what she's about and that she had not taken no shit. And then you yeah. see her progress over during, during the movie. And then, um, 
not even give it away, but there's a part where she actually has to uh, wear a dress, and then you see Jim Buck with like, oh shit, oh okay. <laughs> and that actress is, um, and I don't, I don't know her name. I um, actually, come on, Deanna, you gotta be on this. I know, I know. Cuffy, cuffy. Her name is uh, Danielle Edweiler. Yeah, well, while you're googling, <laughs> um, I think I think the thing that that the fact that every character male or female had backstory and you didn't need a ton, but you got just enough to make the character have some, each character have a little depth. Yeah. You, you you get sort of pulled into the character and there's a certain amount of like I said, there's a certain amount of depth. Like you, you, you put it perfectly. There's a certain amount of depth to each character and the fact that you didn't need it is to, again. It's really just the one line of dialogue, as yep. Angela and I constantly say. It wasn't really much more than like a line here, a line there about something they did in the past, or the connection to 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 Rufus, or the connection to Nat, you know, or the connection to each other. It really didn't take much. Mm-hmm. It really didn't take much at all. And yeah. what I was gonna say about uh, Danielle Deadweiler is that she was she is a really talented actress and um really really did a good job with Cuffy but she was also um in Watchmen if I'm not mistaken uh was she? I thought she I thought she was in yeah she played June she played Regina uh she played the grandmother the the wife of Will Reeves Oh, okay. 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 Word. Yeah. So I I knew I recognized, I was like, wow, I recognize her uh, because she has a very strong presence in her scenes. Um, Yeah, definitely. And so I looked it up and yeah, she was, she was uh, Will Will Reeves' wife, which would have made her the Regina King character's grandmother. Oh, uh, that's right. Because everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is this is this the is this the multiverse? I guess so. <laughs> there's, there's the connection between Jonathan and you. What's HBO and Netflix doing? They having their own little private crossover. Keep, now. keep your third eye open, fellas. Keep your third eye open. <laughs> wow. Just saying. Um, now, yeah, yeah, she was awesome, dude, and it was cool because I think you know it was dope to see that like she was kind of. Uh, Mary's like right hand for like a lot of the stuff that she was doing, and yeah. even <clears throat> even when there's a good moment where like uh, both her and Mary kiss uh, full on the lips, and that that love was like whoa what 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 and she and she's like what you staring for yeah, exactly <laughs> so I liked a lot of those moments where like like you said one line of dialogue helped push along a lot of things or one scene gave more depth to that character so then like everyone mm-hmm. had a reason to be in this situation yeah. even um. Jim Pickett and um, Bill Pickett and Jim Buckworth, and I yeah. showed how each of them why they rolled with Nate and why they were rocking with them, and yeah. then and shout out to the guy who played Jim Buckworth, uh, R.J. Siler, I think it is. Um, I had seen him in uh, was it me? It's like the Me Earl and the, the Dying Girl or something like that. It's like a random indie film in like 2017, mm-hmm. and like he was yeah. cool. He was a young kid in there, and it was like, but it was a solid like acting turn, and like he really like he he did what what with what he had, he did a lot with it. And so I like yeah, I like yeah. that they everyone in there came with it, you know. But shout out to Delroy Lindo the God. Oh, oh yeah, oh, thank man, you for transitioning because yes, we cannot not talk about 
the great Del Roy Lindo as Bass Reeves. Stole Amazing. The show. Stole it. Yep, he definitely had. And it was good, too, because he brought a lot of the gravitas on it, but then also yep. the still, like, I'm still a law man. Like, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. he's like, you guys are about to outlaws, but I am still a law man. <laughs> and, you know, again, that's one of the classic trope setups where you have the lawman who ends up having to team or side with the lesser of the the sort mm-hmm. of Robin Hood outlaw mm-hmm. who, you know he's obviously bad but Bass Reeves as he showed I could have I could have had you anytime I want to dead or alive I, <laughs> I could have had you man like it's not that it's just you're not the you're the the least of the bad guys you rob bad guys why would yeah. I want to put you away just yeah, right exactly. um but we, I we agree but we just don't agree on the methods exactly exactly but he, he was so funny man like he just had me mm-hmm. like there's I don't want to give it away, but there's just the scene where the, there's a exploding wagon and that result in a severed arm. Oh yeah, <laughs> and <that's> like, <laughs> he's like, uh, remind me again, which one is that? Which arm is that? <laughs> and it's funny because of the conversation that that came before. So yeah. I won't I won't spoil that because you have to see it because it is just hilarious the way it comes the way it, the joke is booking uh visually and with what uh how the the line lands from uh from Delroy as bad. Yeah. Yeah, no. And he I think he he really brought like a good he brought, he brought a good feel to it and then also I think it helped the other everyone else like like said step their game up because all the younger actors that were like they were doing their thing as well and so yeah. um and then um what's it called the other thing I was laughing that when I was watching it because I had D'Angelo's uh, voice in my head and it's like oh man the score is uh, more current music but then as I, I started watching I was like yo this actually works <laughs> it worked work. it worked I, I can't yep. even you know I, at first when the, when the first one hit I was ah, I put my hands because like, I, I was like I knew it I knew it No, I love westerns and I was in it and then that first track hit and I was like ah but the reason it worked was because they, whatever um, the instruments had the Western feel for a yeah. lot of those mm-hmm. songs. And then the main score, the main music that was driving the narrative was Western and bluesy sound. It was yeah. not like trying yeah. to every, like that was the problem with Lovecraft uh, country that, cause that was yep. the last thing I was just going to say that, that I really, uh, blasted about the anachronistic music, anachronistic music is that every other scene there was some kind of an episode, there was some kind of current track that literally had nothing to do with the diegetic form of that story. Yeah. So it, it just doesn't, it, this time it worked, man. And that's, and then when it yeah. works, it feels great. Yeah. And even when, um, the, when there's a, the battle between, um, uh, Mary and Trudy, and they use a Fela track, and I was kind of like, ah, it, well, it should have worked. How, how, how did not have worked. Work? Yeah, like how did it, it work, work perfectly? They made it work, and to the point where <laughs> no it reason why that thing so well, it just moved it well. Yep. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that's the thing where, like, kind of like what you said, it's like. It, I think you're right because the score had the underlining theme of a Western that mm-hmm. when those things dropped in, it dropped in opportune times that actually made enhanced the scene as opposed mm-hmm. to like in Lovecraft Country, you're right. It'd be like, you know, 
black woman walking down the street with all white people and all of a sudden like some trap music comes on you're like wait yeah. what? <laughs> exactly. it's like, like come it's on so, man it's real hanging fruit but come yeah. on come yeah it's just, it, it, I think that was like it, it was interesting that they did that and then it, like I said it again you could tell that um, Samuels like enjoys westerns and you yeah. could tell that he was purposely doing the things in a western that makes it a western and oh, so yeah, he, and then so it's like for me i was like that's dope it should, just uh, again goes back to tarantino like he likes westerns when yeah. he did his t- westerns he makes sure that there's certain western things in there so it keeps that that feel i think right. um on the negative end i would say i wish they would have filmed it on film i think it would have made it it would have right. gave it a it would have gave it a better feel to it because i think sometimes it was almost too like the way they color graded it and plus it was all digital too so it kind of felt like almost like a i don't want to say made for tv sees but it had the it didn't have the feel of a gritty western and i think that was i was starting to feel that closer to the end like in the beginning it was not that bad but closer to the end in the really good scenes like yeah. there was a feel of it that was almost too slick like i love the costuming i, I loved all of that but i think there was just a level of like grittiness that it didn't have that kind of made it feel like a little too current you know yeah and i do think that um some of the set pieces look like they had repeated it for like one town was used for another um um but i agree with that about film like i think they should have shot that on 35 millimeter and just yeah. and just flip the bill because 100 yep. um it would have made oh, and then think a little that. bit more yeah. scale yeah you know, yeah. like some more uh, wider shots would have would have been better to show sort of like the ranchiness, uh, the open uh, the open lands that uh, were largely territories were unoccupied, unoccupied and things like that. But that would have been like a Western epic. Then yeah, you had to yeah. bring in like the you bring in the the indigenous tribes and things like that, which all were. All of that was at play yeah. then because they're at a point because they pointed it out. Um, and I thought that was interesting. They're really at the marker where, if I'm not mistaken, reconciliation is almost done. And now their US <clears throat> army is pretty much wrapped up its campaign against the 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 Indians. Yes, yeah, now that's why all the lands are for sale. Now. Exactly. Like, and now they're around. selling all the land because they've all they've got all this stolen land but you know that's a whole nother yeah. story well and i think that that was good the part too where it's like they they put you in you know the time period you kind of have a yeah. gist of what's going on and then they keep it moving mm-hmm. so they don't got to say yeah. hey back in the old west black people used to have their own town exactly. they used to do this and they used exactly. to do that right. and blah 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 they they literally was just like there's a bunch of black folks there's cowboys some are outlaws some are not some are altruistic some aren't and then they yeah. keep moving and so i think for that aspect of it it actually kept it like really, really good. Um, all right, so scaling wise, uh, we'll do the we'll do the we'll do the classic. I I don't know. Should we do stars or we should do one out of ten? One out of ten. We'll do the one out of ten. I yeah, think let's do one out of ten. All right. So all right. So give me your give me your uh, give me your final uh, blurb on uh, the harder they fall, and then give me your score. We'll start with D'Angelo. Yeah, so my final is that the harder they fall is, you know, I hate to say solid because it seems like it undersells it. So I'll say it's a really, it's an amazing, amazingly well-made, well-directed, well-written, and well-performed modern West Western that has black actors and black people in it. Um, the story isn't isn't about 
uh, you know, being black in the old West, it's about black people existing in the old West. So that's what made it to me a brilliant, uh, fun story. I watched it again. I give it nine out of 10. Josh. Um, same here. Um, the performances for me are what, what made it jump. Um, the, you know, from, from, from cameos straight on down through the main characters, um, Delroy the legend obviously um, showed up and showed out. Um, you know, Zazie Beats and, and and Regina Idris, they all like everyone from top to bottom. Jonathan Majors, everyone from top to bottom, uh, really just lit up the screen every time they were on it. Um, and that for me made it like it really they they really just carried. I mean, it was a good script, so it's not like they carried a, you know, a, what was like a softball and just, you know, made it something more than it was. Like it was good source material to be worked to, that they worked with from the beginning. Well directed, mostly well shot. You know, I had some some uh, minor minor gripes, but like nothing nothing even worth mentioning as far as like how it was shot. Um, audio was great, and. Um, I mean, for me, rare moment that I line up exactly identically with D'Angelo, nine out of 10. <laughs> and I will follow that cab. I thought they did a great job, like casting again. Like we're, we're like overselling it. Like we just got sponsored for this, but <laughs> it's like black people shit. We got to ride for it. But um, no, no, right. dude, it was, I, I, it was really, really good. Like I had so much fun watching it. Like kind of, it, it had the same feel of like, Hey, I could watch this again and be completely fine. Like one of those, like, on TBS with the commercials and everything. If it came on, I'd probably sit down and watch the watch it again. All the performances are great. Mm-hmm. I wanted to shout out um uh Edie Gathicky who did uh Bill Pickett because he 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 was really really dope too as well. And yeah. um yeah man the younger actors really stepped their game up you know Delroy kind of like you know anchored the whole thing and yeah. then again as we we're talking about for Jonathan Majors like he keeps hitting them dude like he just I I, I want to I almost want him to see him fail just so I can make sure he's human because <laughs> right now he's like anything anything he shows up and I'm just like all right you're gonna you're kind of being that dude now where you're that consistency is doing really well mm-hmm. so um yeah so that's that's our good review for the heart of they fall and we'll talk to you guys later peace